Welcome back to Talking Giants, presented by Seek Geek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And Danny King is joining us because it's our annual over-unders episode. How many categories do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven. We have 11 categories this year um, for the over-unders this year. Last year, the unders hit a lot. So we look smart on the unders. On the overs, we look really bad. So this year... Uh, we're changing some yards per game stuff and stuff, but we're back from our vacation week. Justin, how you doing, my man? Bobby Skinner, hello. How are you? I am wearing a David Wilson jersey. Danny King, hello. How are you? Um, I'm, first off, I want to thank uh, Wessie Westicles, Westlock, and Danny Behan. Uh, they helped us secure before anything goes to the general mission, general public. We have secured our training camp tickets. This is why we have the best community out there. Thank you to our Patreon members. Thank you to Danny Behan, Wesley Westschools for helping us get those secured. And this is one of my favorite episodes of the entire year because we really get to kind of plant our flag in the ground and th- say it with our chest. This is our takes. This is what we think is going to happen. So I really like this episode. Danny King, hi. Guys, how's it going? I don't have a David Wilson jersey on. I have a Mets jersey on. So bad guy move for me on a Talking Giants stream. But who... But you know what? It doesn't matter. But yes, I do love the over-unders. It's always fun. This is also when, like, feelings are still high. I'm still optimistic about this team, even though I might say under on some certain stats. But it's I just I do love this episode. It's definitely a top episode of the year. I'm wearing a uh, West Coast street racing jersey. So how about that? <laughs> mm. um, so we'll we'll get into these over-unders in a second. But we've been gone for a week, so we got a few people we got to catch up on for our Patreons. We got Greg uh, Kimaluka. Actually, we said Kim Luca because I made the Luca's going to juke it joke. Um, this one, Anthony Isidori. That's Snacks' brother. Yes. Oh. Yes, it How is. How about that? Tommy Bailey. Tommy Boy. And then John Gentile. He is not a Jew. He is a Gentile. Even though John is one of the most famous Jews of all time. Wow. Um, Justin, who are these Gentiles? You can join Anthony Isidori in parking and myself in parking lot L16 and L17 for Giants tailgates. But also you can join us by going to patreon.com slash talking giants for $2 a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out and I'm just going to say it. I think it's the I think it's the best community of Giants fans out there, especially if you're hanging out in the live chats with us as we record shows. Really excited because we're going to win some games this year. So I'm really excited to celebrate victory Monday early with some people when we actually win on some Sundays this year. So you get to hang out with us live when we win some games this year as we record the shows. Plus some other benefits, patreon.com slash talk giants. Thank you to our awesome community of people. We love you. Let's win some games. I mean, training camp is literally two weeks away from when you're listening to this podcast. Doesn't, so. d- does it feel like it? No. 
as soon as we first record that first PPP episode, which we'll probably do on Sunday, you know, we pre-record them. We pre-record the first weeks about a week out. Yeah. Um, that will definitely feel like it. Okay. When we do, when we start talking about Sterling Shepard's, you know, in the slaw on the, on the outside stats, um, that's when it will feel like it for us. But let's get into these over unders, Justin, Danny. Um, I didn't write down all the over unders from last year, even though I did listen to the pod this week to see where we went wrong. Um, we have an off. I know you tweeted the offensive one, Justin, um, but the defensive ones are on there. But as always, we're going to start with the quarterback, Daniel Jones, third year doing these over unders. And we're going to start with Daniel Jones for, you know, the fourth year um, as a New York Giant. He is the Giants starting quarterback. So for passing yards per game, we're trying, we're doing for yards, we're doing per game this year because we don't want to have to count, you know, keep, you know, have to deal with injury. Uh, conversations too much, even though there is some totals that we'll have to talk about it with. So we're doing 235 passing yards per game. Um, that would be a 4,000 yard season if he stayed the whole uh, season. He um, has done that once out of his three years. You know, in, in 2019, he averaged 250 yards per game passing. Um, and then the last two years, two, 210 and 220. Justin, are you going over or under for Daniel Jones? I'm going over. Hmm. Any explanation? Yes, I do have an explanation. I thought you wanted to throw it to Danny. Um, five out of the first six games last year, um, Daniel Jones hit this over. Now, the Giants' offense, yards-wise, was actually one of the best offenses in the National Football League. We've talked about this time and time again on a yards-per-drive rate through the through the first month-ish of the season. Um, they were, like, top five in the NFL, um, so that's a rate that they probably weren't going to continue throughout the season. But through the first six weeks of the season, the Dallas game was thrown in there. And that's the game where Daniel Jones basically missed the entirety of it because he had that head injury, concussion, whatever you want to call it. So five games where Daniel Jones played the entire game, he got that over 235 passing yard mark. And I do think we're going to be throwing the ball a lot this season. And I think we're going to be throwing it when it matters not just throwing it in garbage time um not just uh, throwing it in the third and the fourth quarter when we're down by 10 points or more um i think the there's going to be an emphasis on early down efficiency this year and it's just going to help daniel jones help this offense put themselves uh, set themselves in spots for success so i'm going over yeah we didn't put any crazy numbers out there for daniel jones this year and you know we went you know for his we kind of did his career averages i'm going over on all the daniel jones's uh stats this year again uh he had 250 yards per game in 2019 with nate soldiers as left tackle mike rimmers as right tackle and darius slayton as the wide receiver one have things approved around him absolutely i'm really excited to see how mike kafka runs this offense with the mix of him and, and brian dable's offense um like you said they are going to pass the ball they have weapons and they have different types of weapons you know you have kenny Galladay, you got tony who can do a lot of different things you got shep who i don't know if we're relying on this year but uh, but I, whatever you, and you got wandale and then uh obviously the tight ends daniel jones has never needed like that speedy tight end you know you look at with caden smith that's when he had like the most success going to the tight ends. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely going over on the Daniel Jones stats this year, Danny. I'm going over on his, on the uh, passing yards per game, as like you said, the, he's not under Jason Garrett's horrible scheme, which just really did not utilize uh, Daniel Jones' ability to throw the ball deep. It was always short stuff. I do believe we'll see an improvement with that, and we all know Dable and Kafka. However, they design this offense, it's it's going to be a pass heavy offense. 
So I think, yeah, Daniel Jones over on the passing yards for as long as he's healthy because I treat Daniel Jones more as a, as long as he's healthy type of player. Uh, he'll 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 go over on that. Yeah, and again, these aren't like crazy numbers. It's on, it's it would be on pace for a four thousand if four thousand yard um you know receive uh, four thousand yard passing season if he played seven games. And I want to look at you know you know where where this would rank you know if he averaged just 235 uh yards per game that would rank him remember it's 17 on. games too we're not just talking on a 16 game season anymore yeah um and when he was with an aggressive uh off as a coordinator daniel jones dominated with pat Shermer and in pat 2019 Shermer, and, and, and let's and danny i i hate to do this to you but oh, no. pat Shermer wasn't like an aggressive coordinator either and the giants like explosive play offense it was still slightly below average um, in in 2019 too. So we're talking about you know a scheme that actually should be aggressive. Uh, I think a lot of it is going to have to be determined on can Daniel Jones make the throws, can he make the reads, can he make the plays? Because he's not Josh Allen, he's not Patrick Mahomes. We've already established that, you know. But this is a scheme that is going to take risks. That yes, Pat Shermer took risks, but I think took risks that Daniel Jones was very comfortable with. Whereas this year, I think those risks should be a lot more and hopefully it'll it'll actually pay off more than what Pat Shermer did in 2019. And again, you don't need to be gunslinging it like crazy to get 235 yards per game. You no. know, that would be um that would be ranked 14th in the NFL last year. So just right above Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan. So I don't think that's a, a lofty bar to meet. You know, this past year he was ranked 19th with 220 yards per game. So to expect him to go from 19th to, you know, that where that 14th range, I think that's um kind of a low bar you know it sounds like a low bar but again he's missed it the two out of the last three seasons so it's you know where you really can't put a higher expectation on daniel jones yeah you absolutely know? so and obviously you know we'll see how this offense looks out without jason garrett but again daniel jones was the quarterback under jason garrett so that's what this is what we have to go off of the last two years all right Daniel Jones passing touchdowns, just so this is including, you do have to factor an injury with this, 22 and a half for this season. So if you took his 2019 touchdown rate and just played the 11 games that he did this past season, he would miss this by a half. Um, Danny, are you going over or under on this? I am going under because I operate, I'm operating under the impression Daniel Jones will not play the full uh, season this year because he just hasn't proved he can stay healthy now obviously all his injuries have been like freak accidents it's not like he clearly because what in 2019 he had the the guy landed on his ankle in the Packers game uh 2020 I don't remember what he missed 20 what his injuries in 2020 were there's another foot ankle another knee, foot and then body. obviously 2022 there is the the freak head injury but obviously he came back like the week later but then he had the the neck thing that held him out for the rest of the season Daniel Jones just can't stay healthy and obviously I just don't think if you can't stay healthy I don't think you'll he'll be able to break the over under we set this touchdown thing at which is a uh, 22 and a half and I mean like I just don't think I just can't rely on Daniel Jones to stay healthy I think he'll he'll have high passing uh, yards per passing game numbers but I just don't think his touchdowns will be up there because I don't think he'll be able to play a full season. So I agree. You do have to factor in injuries with Daniel Jones. He's missed uh, games, if you count college, all of the last four seasons, you know, um, and they've been different injuries. So you you have to factor in injury. Um, but I don't know if he's going to miss six games again, you know. Um, and I think playing 13, you know, 13 games, he should be able to get over this, you know. 
Um, now, that being said, if you put him at a full game rate the last two years, he would have missed it. You know, if on a 17-game rate the last two years, he would have 15 touchdowns and 13 touchdowns. So misses this by a mark, but it was pitiful. But obviously his rookie season, he was on pace for 34 touchdowns in a full game slate. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you can fully expect him to have that, you know, that two touchdown per game uh, stat. But I do expect him to get over 22 and a half passing touchdowns. But this one is is a little harder than the other other two. Um, you know, because it's, okay, where are these touchdowns going? How many is Kenny Galladay getting? How many is Sterling Shepard's getting? Um, so I'm, but I am going over. I'm not expecting a huge over, but I am going over on this. Justin, what do you got? And Bobby, that's fair to say that, yeah, you know, Daniel Jones may get hurt this year, but is he going to miss six games? That's a good point. But think back to 2022. Not 2022, 2020, and then TOO. Think back to 2020, where he came back from injury and he was—he basically just couldn't operate until the final week of the season against Dallas. So it's when he gets injured. If he is going to get injured, well, when does he get injured? Does he get injured week 13, week 14, and then miss the rest of the year? Does he get hurt week three, week four, and then he's out, and then he comes back, and then what does he look like until he's fully healthy? So when he gets injured, or if he's going to get injured, like when does that? When does that happen? And for me, week 11 or week 12, basically when Daniel Jones plays 11 or 12 games, that's like my, that's like the sweet spot. That's like the, 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 I'm circling that date in that game with like a red pen, you know, with red marker, because that's in 2019, pretty sure it was through 11, 12 games or 11, 12 weeks. And then la- then last year, 2022, it was through 11 games that, that he got hurt. So that's what I'm circling this year. If we were including rushing touchdowns and this was just a 22 and a half over under for total touchdowns, then I would say this is easy over regardless of if he gets hurt or not. But because this is passing touchdowns, I do feel like this just becomes, do you think Daniel Jones is going to be healthy or not? I am going over. I am going to go over. I do get the concern from 2020 when he came back, but I also that wasn't Jason Garrett's offense. But you look at 2019, his first game back from injury. Five passing touchdowns versus Washington. You know, um, in college, he came back versus Virginia Tech, was throwing the ball all over the field in that game. That was one of the games where the drops were just, like, disgusting. Like, Daniel Jones was putting dimes um, in that game. I think that's when he had his longest air distance throw, which he was under pressure on that one, too. No, but just being aware that, yeah, Daniel Jones is is a psychotic, tough son of a bitch. (laughs) He's going to want to come back, even though he's not fully healthy. So, considering that... Um, you know, not even just the games that he plays, but the quality of player that you're getting in that game. That's the that's another thing I am wondering because obviously this is all about passive touchdowns. But I do wonder because most of the times Daniel Jones gets injured, he is a mobile quarterback, and it always comes with him running. I do wonder. It's been on a design run every single and year. And I do you know wonder that? if maybe we see a cutback on those design runs to try and keep Daniel out of harm's way because we know he doesn't know how to slide properly, and we know he just doesn't care about his own well being. Because I hope just we a don't though. He's a dog. That's I I know it's been on designed runs. But I hope we don't because you're limiting the potential of not just him, but you're limiting the potential of the offense, especially when it comes to third downs and the red zone. Like Josh Allen has like, you know, what, six to eight, nine touchdowns every single year on the ground. And he is a weapon in the red zone. Yeah, uh, you know, Daniel Jones is not a tank like Josh Allen is. But I mean, running. When did he? You know, when did he run over a guy versus Atlanta during the two point conversion? You know, it this last year it was a defensive tackle. To be you sure. know, so I I think that can be an added element to this Giants offense that kind of does desperately need red zone efficiency. If you can learn how to slide, I'm all in. Yeah, he doesn't need <laughs> to learn how to slide. He just needs to know when to slide. 
Yeah, he just needs to not take unnecessary hits, which, you know, he's like, in a sense, too much of a competitor. In fact, you know, when we were putting together the best of podcast, Danny, that was something we talked about. Um, and with, uh, you know, the post draft episode is like, is like something I love about him is like, this dude will fight for every yard. He will not go down, uh, for any sack, but it's like, I love that about him, but I also want him to, you know, you know, pick and choose his battles. So that's something that's reigned true with, with Daniel Jones throughout. All right. Next on this Saquon Barkley. This has been Uh-oh. a contentious one last year. Last year we did Uh-oh. total yards. We did 950 total yards. Um, uh, we all went under. This was the one that people had the most issue with, and he went well under. Um, you know, say, well, he he missed some games. Well, if he played 17 games, he still would have been under by 200 yards. <laughs> um, so, and again, we were accounting injury. We weren't expecting a 17, play 17 games last year. But we're changing it to yards per game this year, and we're doing 70 yards per game. Um, two of his three you know healthy seasons we're not going to count 2020 he would have hit this number his rookie season he had 81 his sophomore year he had 77 um and then this past year 45 so a a big drop off but he's definitely when healthy able to do it and able to do it with a bad offensive line so i am still going under though i am still going under because I think this offense is going to pass a lot, and I think the I think Brian Dable and Joe Shane, who or or maybe not Joe Shane as much, but Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, guys who didn't draft Saquon Barkley second overall, you know they see they see you know they see him they see him for the talent he is, but they're also like you know what let's get him more involved in the receiving game. So I think there's going to be a, a big effort to get Saquon you know out in space in the receiving game a little more. Like he's still obviously going to be the lead back carries wise, and you know it's not like you got. Uh, you know, uh, you know, between the tackles guy behind him and, and Matt Breida, you know, you have a guy who's, you know, very similar, like, you know, a speed guy. Um, so, but I am still going under. I don't think it, now, it's not going to be 45 yards per game. God help us, don't let it be 45 yards per game. But I am going to go uh, under on this. Justin, are you going over or under? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going under as well. And I honestly did think that you were going to go over. And I mean, even let's just do it like this. Let's say Saquon Barkley plays 14, 15 games this year. So 65 times 15, that's still a respectable 975 yard rushing season. Um, Maybe not respectable based on your expectations for Saquon Barkley, but at least my expectations for Saquon Barkley, that's a respectable, respectable season. Devin Singletary averaged 51 yards per game last year. Zach Moss averaged 26 and a half yards per game this year. So you probably figure that maybe Matt Breida is going to average a little under 26 and a half. Devin Singletary, I don't know if Saquon Barkley is going to make a 20 plus yard per game jump to Devin Singletary. He is better than Devin Singletary, but I don't think it's going to be that drastic. I partially include not just throwing the ball more, which I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But according to Sharp Football Stats, the Giants this year, they are projected to have the fourth most difficult schedule when it comes to facing run defenses and producing explosive plays. Saquon Barkley has not been known to be a running back to be efficient on a down-in, down-out basis. So I think he's going to have to rely on those explosive plays to really get that 70 yards per game. Can Saquon Barkley be efficient on a down-and-down-out basis? And also, how does Brian Dable and Mike Kafka want to attack the Giants' offense on early downs? Do they want to center it around Saquon Barkley, or do they want to center it around Daniel Jones throwing the ball? I think it's going to be Daniel Jones throwing the ball, so it's going to be tough for Saquon Barkley to get those consistent opportunities and 70 yards per game. Because they may look at Saquon Barkley as a running back saying, you're not efficient, 
you may not earn these carries. You're kind of banking on the explosive play potential. So we'll go for you when we want that. That's why I'm saying under. Danny, get the dogs off us. Are you going over or under? Uh, I'm going under a few guys. I mean, Justin, like how he brought up the Bills running backs, I'm not going to be willing to that. I looked at that as well. I was like, mm, Bills didn't really run the ball on Bobby. I think you said the best I was going to do it. John's going to be passing the ball more, and I think they want to use Saquon more in that receiving game because he's a, he could be good in the receiving game just as well. Like That could be another weapon he unlocks headed into his walk year, so I won't be willing to point anymore under on Saquon's rushing yards per game. But I do think it's it's a huge question, and this will, you know, Bobby, we'll talk about this on the PPP, but how much more of, of an efficient running back is Saquon Barkley going to be this year? That's really the thing that determines if this is over or under, in my opinion, because I think it's very close. Well, and part of the efficiency comes down to a little bit of O-line play, too. You know, like, obviously, has Saquon been the guy that hit the hole and pounded? No, but also he's had some bu- some bullshit in front of him uh, for essentially his whole career. You know, when the run team got good at 20, he wasn't there. Um, so you have Thomas, you have Evan Neal, Shane Lemieux. You know, he should be a solid run blocker. Glowinski's a decent run blocker. And then Feliciano, not so much. So it's it's how good is the o- offensive line. Like, honestly, I think this is an offensive line stat. If you feel comfortable running behind this offensive line, no matter who your running back is, I think it's over. Um, but it's just eh, – eh. well, again, this is a Daniel Jones stat too. Like, how much are yeah, they how much passing? Do they pass Brian the ball, Dable's the ball. been known for getting away from the run at times the past couple of years, but he's also at Josh Allen. So. Yeah, and Bill's fans have – They've been mad. Like we we know the guys from Cover One, and you know we've heard from them that Bills fans have been mad in the past about over how often they've chose to throw the ball. Now, before Brian Dable's a bit of transformation after he found out how good Josh Allen was, the Bills' offense they were very run heavy in 2018. So I don't think that's it's not like it's not in Brian Dable's DNA to not run the ball. But when you combine Kafka Dable. And seeing how cool Josh Allen is, I just don't think they're going to fully go back to that. Right. All right, if you guys want to bet on overs and unders and and crap like that, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom. Wow, freaking fuel. I'm wearing a card shirt. Fuel. Fuel's at an all-time high. And, and feel the heat of the season like never before plus right now drafting sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars what that's right make your first bet up to one thousand dollars and if it doesn't win you'll get another shot to cash in gosh this is just too good to be true but it is true you can throw down on all the major action for baseball golf mma and more and preseason football i think i might bet on the first preseason football game because i'll be in uh new york Plus, with same-game parlay, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Um, so, I know, you know, bet on the All-Star game, too, for MLB. Like, that's a that's a, that's that's fun betting. Like, the MLB, Major League Baseball, I think we may have done this on the freaking last pod. They do the All-Star game better than any other sport. It's the only thing that they do better than any other sport. The rest I agree of with stuff. that. Back. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. But they're taking away. They're, we talked about how cool it is. They get to wear their own jerseys. They don't get to wear their own jerseys this year. I do like the jerseys, though. It's it it's, is, uh, it, it, it's black and nice gold. Jerseys. Yeah, and the, I think National League's white and gold. That's you use awesome. those for the home run derby, and everyone's out there That's wearing fair. those in the game. You want everyone wearing their own jersey. Um, and especially when, you know, a lot of people only watch the All-Star game. Like, I, 
like this is when you get to know players. I'm gonna be wearing national. Like I want to know, you know, what team this guy plays in. And you gotta beat it into my head. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code John Boy. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. That's promo code John Boy only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Bobby, that was a great, great segue into that uh, promo. By the way, it was fantastic. It's, it's too freaking easy. I mean, this is the easiest segue of the year. It's the over under podcast. It was perfection. All right, next on this list, and I struggled with this one. Kenny Galladay, <laughs> five and a half touchdowns. I did not struggle with it. I did not struggle. Because this was this was the most feel one out of everything. <laughs> okay, so Honestly. part of you can be like, hey, we might get a, the Galladay that we signed back, you know, with this new offense. So you all right, so are you guys in a struggle, Justin? What did you what did you go? Over or under? Over. Because <sighs> Oh wow! And you didn't struggle with it? No, because I'm I'm bullish on this Giants offense, man. I, I'm just bullish on it, and I'm saying bullish as in like I think the Giants offense is going to be average. I'm not saying they're going to be top ten, but I think watching an average Giants offense, and this is dating back to 2016, you know, watching a Giants offense being average is going to feel like such a relief, and it's going to feel so fun. So Kenny okay. Galladay will be part of that and over five and a half touchdowns. Danny, are you going over or under? Yeah, oh, over. Easy. Boom. I'm so, I'm blown away that you the, guys were talking about like, oh, this he, was an easy one over here, for a guy who had zero last year. Yeah, it's not I, easy. I, it's not Here, Here's the thing. I looked, I was like, man, he had zero touchdowns last year. Then it dawned on me. No Jason Garrett. Maybe Jay, uh, Kenny Galladay will actually have the ball thrown to him this time. That'll be a plus. Uh, People I think forget Dable Kenny Galladay hated Jason Garrett more than anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah honestly. And, and I think Dable and Kafka will be like, look, we have a number one wide receiver here. And obviously, Kenny Galladay's not like the greatest number one wide receiver in the world. He, he's overpaid. We all admit that. Even though we were all excited when Kenny Galladay was first signed, he's definitely is probably not worth the contract he got. But there is just no way. I just refuse to believe he does not have a big bounce back year this year under Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, Daniel Jones, or Tyrod Taylor, whoever is the quarterback in the long run. That's sorry. I decided to throw in Tyrod Taylor because I love backup quarterbacks. But that's besides the point. Kenny Galladay, five and a half. Over. I have a question for you guys. Trivia. Danny Ooh. King's on the show. We're doing some trivia. Oh. Kenny Galladay in five seasons, how many times has he went over on five and a half touchdowns? Ooh, I, I know this. I, I, it's once or it twice. Once? I think it's once. Once. It's once. It was yeah. 2019 when he led this the league with 11. Um, and injuries co- comes into play with that. So I'm going under. And I just struggle with this because this number I feel like is going to be right at it. I think it's going to be five or six what he ends up with. Um, for one, you know, the only once in five seasons. But. Somebody will go over this number on this Giants team. That is that is what I will say. Someone's going to go over five touchdowns, but I don't think it's going to be Kenny Galladay. Mm. Um, one, Daniel Jones really sucks at the end zone fade. It's it's probably the worst thing about his game is the end zone fade. Um, now, Kenny Galladay is going to get touchdowns this year. He's not going to have zero. I, I guarantee it. But I think he's going to get five. I think that's going to be his number. Um, you know, you look the last two years, um, the team leader in receiving touchdowns, Ingram with three. The year before, Shep and Slayton both had three. And then in 2019, Darius Slayton had eight and Golden Tate had six. Um, so I do think I think this offense is going to spread it around, especially in the red zone. Um, you know, I think instead of throwing end zone fades in the red zone, I think we're going to hit slants and we're going to have, you know, orbit motion and we're going to, you know, try and hit guys on uh, in stride. Um you know, and Kenny Galladay is going to get that bracket coverage. So, uh, but I, uh, someone's going to get it. This, but I don't think it's going to be Kenny Galladay. 
you think another wide receiver is going to get it? Yes, yes. I don't think it'll be um, uh, like Bellinger. Ooh, I think it's going to be a fun uh, PPP right there. Speaking uh, of which, I know he's gone. Lose. Rest in peace. The last two years, the Giants receiving leader had three touchdowns. Or like the touchdown leader, receiving-wise. Caden Smith, in six games as a rookie, had three. Bam! So, again, Pat Trimmer doesn't just affect Daniel Jones when we talk about... Or Jason Garrett when we talk about Jason Garrett. Like, it affects everybody. Yes. All right, here's one of my favorite ones, and I'm just telling you I'm going over. Kadarius Toney, 58 and a half receiving yards. That would pit him. That would be a 1,000-yard season if he played 17 games. Um, in games where he actually played, so I cut off the first two games last year, he had 52 and a half. Um, overall, he had 42. I'm going over, 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 over. And this is yards per game. I think Kadarius Tony is going to be the best wide receiver on this team. I think he's going to do awesome in this offense. Kadarius Tony, with the most obvious words in Giants Twitter, if healthy, is going to be a star for this Giants offense. A star for this Giants offense. Like I love his game. I think he's going to ball. He can he can do so many good so many things. And with obviously with the ball in his hand. Over, 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 over. Justin. Ball's got to go somewhere. And uh, I, I don't think Shepard's going to be... That's another part of it. You can't rely on Shep this year. No. You, you, you can't. Any year you can't, but especially this year. No, I, I especially to start, don't think you're going to be able to rely on Shep. So if Shep is there, because him and Daniel Jones, no matter what the offense is, just seems to have like this connection. So if Shep is not there... The ball has to go somewhere, and I think, and I think you saw that in like, uh, you know, the New Orleans game. You saw it in the Dallas game. You know, the ball has to go somewhere when Sterling Shepard is not on the field, and Kadarius Tony was the guy where the ball went to. You even saw in the Atlanta game. I think that was the game where Shep went down in the Atlanta game, and Tony got some catches and he got some yards after the catch there. But this offense also is going to be so much predicated on yards after the catch. Think of how good Tony was with the ball in his hands after the catch. Um, last year, and even some of the advanced metrics will show it, yards after the catch over expectation, Tony met the minimum requirements to qualify for volume. He was top 10 in the National Football League in yards after the catch over expectation. And that was winning in an offense that that was the worst at yards after the catch out of all offenses in the National Football League. So it's going to be helpful that he's going to be playing in an offense that helps his skills and helps his strengths. Um, I'm really hammering this over because we kind of have to. Bam. All right, Danny, what are you going over or under? Yeah, it's over. I'm, I'm with you guys. I think Tony's going to be really fun to watch this year. I over. think. I think uh, the I think this new coordinators group is just going to have a fun time working with Tony and all those off season trade rumors he had swirling around his head that were made up. Uh, I'm just very much looking forward to him just absolutely shoving it. This, Speaking this of which, uh, did you guys listen to the Beat Reporter Roundtable on on Jordan Renan's podcast? No, I want to. I did not. No. So they asked like them like what's the storyline you're looking for? Pat Leonard was first. What does he say? I don't know. Will Kadarius Tony be on this team? It's like, hey, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut I, the fuck up, Pat. I mean, he's sticking with his guns, so I'd be mean, like, good for him. But like, man, you're just <laughs> ne- next on this list is the only one where I don't have my answer written down already because I'm going back and forth on this. Ooh. And that's Wandale Robinson with 35 catches. Mm-hmm. Now some some stats to you know see where I got to this number at. Last year, the Bills, who had a, a a pretty good passing offense, their fourth leading receiver, who was Gabriel Davis, by the way, as reception-wise, had 35 catches. Last year, the Giants' third uh, leading receiver reception-wise had 36. Um, 
I'm going to let you guys go first. Danny, what do you got over under on this? I have over on Wandale Robinson, 35 catches. My my thinking is, obviously, I think Wandale will get playing time as the season goes on. But the other thing is, in my mind, I think the most obvious trade piece on this team right now to a team that might need a wide receiver at some point in this season is going to be Darius Slayton. I think Darius Slayton, in my opinion, might be a tradable piece in a team that's like, man, we don't want to spend big on go uh, go big on some wide receiver. Maybe they bet on the upside of Darius Slayton. I just don't think Darius Slayton's a giant for the whole year. And then I think Wandale Robinson would then almost kind of fill his role in on the catches he might have gotten. So I my that's my mindset. I think Wandale Robinson would go over thirty five catches, e- even if Darius Slayton is here. I still think he would go over. But I'm op- I just operate on the pressure. I don't think Darius Slayton's a giant the whole year. Can I tell you guys something I'm pretty pissed off about? Tell us that if the Giants just cut Darius Slayton flat out, I wouldn't want that. that I'm, worried that's about, I'm worried about it. Oh, that, I'm already pre pissed off about it. It uh, seems like one of those things. New regime. We want our guys. Richie, J- I heard Richie James is a guy. Get in- this Richie James bullshit out of my face. I know it's going to get freaking put. I know I it's going to be. It's going to be fed to me. Oh, he looks good in camp. <laughs> Fuck you. Darius Slayton should not be just cut. To save uh, 1.8 million dollars, okay. And even if he doesn't have a, I, again, I know he's probably not going to have a big role in this team if everyone's healthy. But one, no one's going to be healthy. And again, Dan, Darius Slayton has led this team in receiving two of the last three seasons. Two of the last three seasons had eight touchdowns as a, as a rookie. I know stuff. I know. And again, I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh, Darius Slayton's actually great. I'm not. He's been bad. He was very bad last year. He was a bad wide receiver last year. But. If you don't think Slayton's going to get at least a little chunk of change after this year and get the Giants back a comp pick possibly or something, I just, if you want to trade him, that's fine. It sucks that this is the way it ended. The best day three pick of Dave Gelman doesn't even finish his contract. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty pissed off about that. Why does it seem to always work out like that? Best day three pick of Dave Gettleman, um, and then uh, the best free agent signing of Dave Gettleman, just not on the team. Yeah, but uh, I'm with Danny. I'm going over because I think that if there are injury problems at the wide receiver corps, which is likely, then Wandell's going to be the beneficiary of those reps. I don't think this is a regime that's going to be hesitant to play these young guys. So I don't think they're going to force feed uh, somebody else to get reps over Wandale. This was a second round draft pick. It's not even this is this is their early second round draft pick. Um Go out there, he's going to get over 35 catches this year. And and that's the other thing, as like Justin said. He was a high draft pick, so they clearly believe in him. So yeah. that's the thing that makes me go like, they drafted him for a reason. Banking on Shep's health is not something you should do at this point. He will get some, uh, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, manufactured touches. Yes, that too. <sighs> That too. Now, I will say, I was actually reading something from the Cover 1 guys today. The Bills ran screen plays at the 11th highest rate this year, but they executed them very poorly. Now, this is why Kafka is fun, because I think the Chiefs, uh, this is just eye test, you know, just the, the theory. Chiefs actually ran those screens well. So I'm going to be interested to see how that actually looks in the Giants offense this year when you combine those two guys. I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. Here's the thing, it's part of me wants to go under, but I also know that like if someone's like, How are you going under? I'd be like, I don't really have the best reasoning. 
But I also don't just want to say fucking over on everything. And it, Let's see. I know. I feel, uh, like a, right I feel like a fraud saying over. Right now, I'm over, over, under, under, over. The wise man once said, life's too short to bet the un- under. That is true. You know what this is going to be? Uh-oh. A coin flip. Oh, we got a coin flip. Inside of the cap, Ooh. under. Outside of the cap, over. Ooh. Over! Yeah, even the cap knows. Life's it's too so, short it's, to bet it's, that damn. I mean, it's really going down to the wire. Justin, read a freaking ad. Whoa. Yes. So, this past weekend, on Sunday, I took the trip, and I paid for a dinner with my lovely mother, and we went to Bear Burger in Westfield. But there's not just a Bear Burger in Westfield. There are Bear Burgers everywhere. There's one in Hoboken. There's one in Montclair. There's a shit ton in New York, including Brooklyn, Broadway, Everywhere. Something for everyone. Yes, even you. Yes, we're a burger joint, but we aren't the type to be bogged down by labels. Our menu is filled with options for everyone, regardless of dietary preferences. Whether you're 100% vegan or you think ketchup is a vegetable, we won't judge. At Bear Burger, there's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to. Food that's made to taste great. Huge selection. If you're, if you're, a, if you're, if you like to have a drink or two, Huge selection of drinks. Um, I got the Bison Burger this past week. And if you're a fan of blue cheese, if you're a fan of adding a little something sweet to your burger, if you're a fan of some exotic burgers, Bear Burger, they got it. Not just your conventional burger joint, but they have a shit ton of different options of burgers. And I loved it. 12 to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday. I was an idiot and I didn't go Monday to Friday to experience their happy hour. So I really enjoyed my burgers at bear burger fries are really good too i want you to click the link in the description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot burger joint and luncheon go to bear burger tell them i sent you even though they won't know who i am but just tell them i sent you i know where i'm going after a training camp now this is there you go yeah, bear Danny. burger montclair that's pretty close to that's that's somewhat close to metlife stadium that's good yeah we gotta go when i'm up there two yeah. weeks two weeks it's from happening today. um also, wait, did they say ketchup is a vegetable? Is that a debate people have? I, I, I guess. I'm just they agreed. won't judge, though. Well, so. that, that Tomato is technically not even a vegetable, even though it is a vegetable, but it's technically a fruit. So how could you call ketchup a vegetable? Yeah. It's, uh... All right, let's hit the defense. Oh, boy. We're starting off with the fifth overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Kayvon Thibodeau, seven and a half sacks. And I want to go through some guys who may be in a similar like draft profile range. Jalen Phillips, eight and a half. Chase Young, 7.5, obviously hyped up a little more. Josh Allen, 10.5. Brian Burns, 7.5. And And then I threw our guy Aziz in there at 8. I am going under, though. I don't think Kayvon is just going to come into the league and and get 8 sacks his his first year. Which, again, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. But I am going to go under on it. Um, And that doesn't mean it's an unsuccessful rookie season, by the way. Let guys guys grow. but he essentially is walking in as the number one edge on day one. I don't think he's going to surpass seven and a half sacks. I think he'll get six or seven. So I'm, I'm going under. Danny. I am also going under. Like Bobby said, there's a lot of pressure on Kayvon. He's yeah, like basically the number one edge. There's also, I there's nothing serious, obviously. But I, I, I read the, the hip injury thing. I'm not saying it's anything. But there's just already something there. And I got bad thoughts in my mind that what if Kayvon might be forced to miss a little bit of time and he just won't come into the league and dominate right away there's going to be a growing phase because like even though he's one of the best edge defenders in college 
it's a totally new ball game now coming to the NFL. So he's going to struggle for a little bit. I have under. All right, under. Any other explanation behind that? This is the one that I struggled the most with because part of me, like, thinks that he easily can do this, you know, because this is the fifth overall pick. This yeah, is there's no doubt he can. It's- this is Wink's defense that is very predicated in center around pressure. Um, the closest to a kind of pairing, this, this could be a wild take, the closest uh, to a pairing that Wink Martindale had um, as like younger edge rushers was Zadarius Smith and Matt Judon in 2018. I think Terrell Suggs was still floating around in 2018 too, so that's a pretty damn good third edge rusher even at the end of his career. Um, Giants certainly don't have that same quality of tier of an edge rusher, but guys getting 10 plus sacks, nine plus sacks on a consistent basis was rare in that Ravens defense. So especially for Kayvon, it being year one, um, wasn't even a guy to get these double digit sacks. Bobby, I don't even think he got double digit sacks at Oregon. I think the most that he had in a single year was nine. Um, So I'm going to say under even though I hate it and Kayvon Thibodeau had nine sacks in 2019 seven sacks in 2021 so he didn't even get double digit sacks in college yeah it doesn't mean I, he's gonna be bad I don't feel dirty saying under on this um no one should you know he's he's a rookie you know and I think it comes down to that now a guy who's not a rookie and who did go over seven and a half sacks as a rookie is these wait but hold on before we move oh, on oh, oh. Kayvon sh- I don't want Kayvon I want Kayvon north of five yeah. In that range, yes. like yes. we we are, ex- he is the fifth overall pick, and we are, I am kind of expecting performance this year. Yeah, you don't have to come out here and set the world on fire, but see something. Also, it depends how you play. Like, like let's be real, you know, like that's why. Again, you know, uh, uh, the whole idea of sacks not being the best indicator, even though the top guys are always right. going to get sacks. You know, sacks. So, um, sacks do matter. Your sacks, uh, you know, sacks, uh, uh, sat your sack stats you know, per season do matter. Uh, but if he's out there winning battles, you know, consistently, it's like, hey, the sacks just haven't really come. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's different. But again, if he's not, you know, if he has, if he if he plays the way Aziz did last year and has four sacks, then it's, it's a little disappointing. Correct, yeah. Aziz was a guy that didn't get the consistent pressure, but he got the sacks, which was cool. And I know I said growing pains, and, and I still believe that, but I, like you said, I, I don't expect these growing pains to last very long with we're not on. these aren't O'Shane Zimenez growing pains these are yes uh, uh, so O'Shane Zimenez over under nine and a half no um, <laughs> Aziz Ochilari seven and a half sacks he got over on that last year and guess what I'm doubling down I know sacks don't repeat every single year but I am going over Aziz has gotten a little bigger man like I'm, I'm, I'm a little excited you know we talked about how young he was when he came out of the draft add a little power to that game he was able to finish plays last year um they're going to bring pressure. I really think Drew Wilkins and Wink Martindale are going to do a lot for Aziz Ojolari, who's a hard worker. Um, he's going against Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas every day in practice, which I don't, which that is an underrated, um, you know, uh, like like advantage um, for for edge rushers. I'm going over, Daniel. I, I I'll be honest. I, I didn't, I'm not sure. Obviously, I don't know Justin's answer. I am going over as well. I I, I do I I do believe uh, that Justin's answer might be known based off the reaction he just had. But I I do believe Aziz Ojolari, like Bobby said, he's bigger, and I think Wink Martindale might have fun with Aziz. And I didn't even know he was going up against the 
uh, Evan Neal in practice. And so that that's you, these guys are just getting better and better. These are just absolute goons going at it every day in practice. I, Aziz, I, I yeah, I, I, give me that seven and a half over, baby. I love Aziz. Justin, tell us why you're under. No, I'm going over. I hate ah. that we're agreeing. We're Bobby and I. We've agreed on every single over under. I think Danny, you just said under for Daniel Jones passing touchdowns. So. Um, we're, we're agreeing on every single one. I think Aziz is going to have... Galladay we didn't agree on. Oh, Galladay we didn't agree. Okay. Um, we're, I think Aziz is going to have like a Montez Sweat kind of projection. I do think Sweat is a better player, but Sweat Sweat's had like bigger. double digit sacks in his, in his second year. He had 10 sacks and I think Aziz can kind of get, get close to that. I also hope Aziz gets more pressure, um, on the quarterback on a consistent basis, but... Even if that doesn't happen, I still do think Aziz is going to be one of these players in the NFL that does find a way to get back to the quarterback every single year. And I do think the Giants are going to get 40 sacks this year, which 40 sacks last year would put them like 15th, 14th in the NFL, which I think that's that's a fair expectation this year. Um, last year, they had 34 sacks, I believe. Somebody has to get the sacks. I think there are going to be a lot more secondary players that contribute in the sack department this year. Um, but I still do think that Aziz is going to get over that seven and a half sacks. So um, on the on the road to 40 sacks, Aziz is going to contribute for at least eight. All right, next, we're hitting sacks again. Three sacks on this podcast. Mm. Leonard Williams, six sacks. He's done that three of his seven seasons. He's done that in the NFL. Justin, are you going over or under for your boy? I have to. I have to go over. I'm about to say. I have to go over. This was actually tough, and I would not be surprised if it is under. Should we even put out a graphic? Because I don't want everyone being like they agreed on everything. <laughs> we may not. We may not put out a graphic because we're all just agreeing. We. How about this? We could put out our each individual graphics. How about that? So Julian will make three different graphics, and we can publish it on each of our pages. Make there we go. Work. We love That's that. That's how we finesse, baby. It's how we finesse. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say over. The only thing that's interesting is that I don't know if Wink Martindale, outside of Calais Campbell, but Calais Campbell was very old at the tail end of his career. I don't think he wasn't the same quality of player that he was in Jacksonville, where he had that late career resurgence in like 2017, 2016-ish. I think Leonard Williams is the most talented interior defensive lineman that Wink Martindale has had the pleasure of working with. And I think Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence is without a doubt the most talented pass rushing duo when it comes to interior defense alignment. So how they contribute to pressure, how they contribute to sacks, that is going to be very, very interesting to see and follow this year because there are years where you look back on the Ravens and you see their sack totals. There are years where you see strong safeties and interior linebackers. They're like up there and like leading the team in sacks and they're like top three, top five in sacks for the team total for the Ravens. Because there's Dexter Lawrence, but we're talking about Leonard Williams, because there's a guy like Leonard Williams here who does have a little bit of a pedigree of getting sacks, how is he going to be used? What is his numbers going to look like? So even though there's a track record of interior defense alignment, not getting a lot of sacks on Wink Martindale's defense, I'm still going over six sacks for Leonard Williams this year. People will flinch when you talked about like, oh, Leonard Williams is better than Calais Campbell. They'd flinch, but he is. Leonard Williams is a better player than Calais Campbell right now in their careers in the NFL. 
Um, you know, and that's not a shot at Calais. Like, get the one point. I think point. Jacksonville Calais Campbell, like, well, yeah, was, no, Jacksonville Calais, he's defensive player of the year. He's one of the like, best players in the NFL. But, but I'm the last about two Baltimore. years with Baltimore, like, yeah. no, Leonard Williams is, is like clearly a better player than Calais Campbell, uh, which isn't a knock on Calais. Yeah. So, but there's obviously because of his contract, there's a lot of anti Leonard Williams stuff. But again, he's done this three out of his seven seasons. This is going to be a defense that blitzes more. This is now we're going to have some two edges who might actually help out their defense alignment in the sack department. You know where QBs aren't going to be able to buy time like Teddy Bridgewater and Leonard Williams will be able to finish some more plays. And again, he's done this three out of his last seven seasons, both the the past two years, I think. Um, and he also was on pace through the first half of last season before he kind of suffered his his season-ending injury that he played through. Through the first half of the season, he was on pace for eight sacks last year. So it wasn't a great season, but um, wasn't a bad season. Twenty-two or more pressures every single year. That was really good numbers. Uh, like every single year of his career, he's had twenty-two or more pressures. That, that you don't see that for defensive tackles. So yeah, I'm going over too. You know, it's not going to be his 2020 11 and a half season, but um, I think it'll be like six and a half. Danny, over or under? Come on, disagree with us, pussy. I, I am disagreeing with you. I am going under, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. It's a gut feeling with this one. I just don't think I, – I know Wink Martindale is going to be blitzing more, but I just – I just there's something in my gut right now that's telling me Leonard Williams will not do six and a half sacks, and I wish I could give you a better reason why I'm going under, but that's legit the reason. I just don't believe he can do six and a half sacks this year. I mean, it's a good question of where is the pressure going to be generated because I just – I kind of – did like a mock of constructing 40 sacks of the Giants defense. 24 of them like come from the edge rushers. Nine of them come from the interior linebackers, which I think that is pushing it. 10 of them come from the interior defense alignment, like seven. nine from the interior linebackers. Yeah, that's way too much. So 10 of 10 from the interior D line and then five from the secondary. I There are going to be a decent amount of secondary sacks this year. I'm telling you right now. There'll probably think, be more secondary sacks than inside linebacker sacks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's so that's fair. So that that, that could be split a little even. But I, you know, in, in terms of construct, like do this little exercise on your own. Try and construct the Giants road to 40 sacks this year. Um, and it's going to work out maybe a little bit better than you think. But I think part of it is giving. Leonard Williams, and I think it just makes sense for him to get over that six-sack mark, um, even though you could ask yourself and you could have that theory of where is the pressure going to come from, it usually doesn't come from up the middle in Wink Martindale's defense. All right, um, speaking of sacks, Danny, can you do the Romanette? Ooh, Guys, wow. I, I want to talk to you for a minute here. Bobby, Justin, the pre- people in the camera right now, are you looking at me? Look at me dead in the eyes. I'm not Look looking at, at me. You. That's disrespectful because – I care about you guys. I, I, I really do. I want you to feel confident and to prioritize your health and relationships because if you're ready to do that for yourself, I need y'all to start with Roman. Roman. We all know Roman. I'm the Roman guy. You that's are. Just, that's what it is. I, that's me. What's going on? Roman swipes are clinically proven to help you last longer in bed. And we all know everyone's striving to do that. Lasting longer in bed. That's what everyone strives to do. Uh, PE treatments are safe, effective, and uh, used by millions of men. We all know PE. If you got PE, there's nothing wrong with that. It it, it happens to the best of people nothing. in this world. It happens to the best of people in this world. But I want you to help help you fix that. And with Roman, no prescriptions needed. No prescriptions needed, and free two day shipping. You get a free two day shipping. That's great in this world. Shipping sometimes can be a little dicey. Roman can get a free two day shipping. So what I need you guys to do right now. You and the camera. Look at me again. 
We're having this conversation again. I want you to go to getroman.com slash world today. If approved, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's getroman.com slash world. I'll say that one more time. I'm going to say it a third time. Getroman.com slash world today because I care about you. I, we're all family on this show. Even mm. though I might not know you personally, we're family. The Talking Giants family. Mm. So get getroman.com slash world today. It'll make you better in the bed. Better in the bed. That's a Dua Lipa song, by the way. Better in bed. Better in the bed. Good in bed. Good, good in, bed. in bed. And imagine man or woman playing good in bed to you. Mm. This these kids' music sucks. Whoa! Um, don't go Dua do it like that. Next, Xavier McKinney, three and a half interceptions. Danny, I'm gonna go under. I, I, I like Xavier. I think he'll be a great piece for this defense, but three and a half interceptions. I I ain't jiving with him. I ain't jiving with him, which is probably a mistake if I'm being honest, because this giant secondary is just it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a work in progress to get this thing I think to be a threat in this league. But I just I think three and a half, I ain't feeling I think Xavier's gonna be more of that sprint around the type of field guy to deflect passes left and right. I think that's gonna be more of Xavier's role. So Xavier could possibly become a guy who like, hey, I, I'm going to get picks every year. Um, but four interceptions is a lot for a safety. You you, you lose Logan Ryan and and um and Jabril Peppers, you know. So you get there's a, two two good safeties out there that you lose. Um, I think it's a high bar, even though he did have five last year. But I think this defense is going to be different. I think there's going to be less baiting guys into throws, and there's going to be more playing man coverage. Or hey. This is our weak corner. Xavier, we need you to give help out over the top on this guy. Um, so I, I am going under. In fact, I, I don't I don't even know if it was two and a half, I might go up under. Uh I don't interceptions are hard to predict, but I am going under for Xavier McKinney. Um but that doesn't mean I think like he can have two and have a really great year too. So Justin, what do you got? Yeah, I'm with Danny King and I'm with you, Bobby. Um, I'm going under, but I'm with Danny King where I'm going to be, I'm always looking at that passes deflected category. If he can get above 10, uh, that's awesome uh, this year as well. The leading interception getter for the Ravens since 2019 has been four. Anytime there has been somebody leading the Ravens in interceptions. It has been a corner, and it has been a corner by a decent amount. Most years, uh, under Wink Martindale, the leading interception getter on the team is three. So they're not even getting to four on a consistent basis. There was only one standout year where Marcus Peters got the four. Earl Thomas had two in 2019, who was a safety, and Chuck Clark had two in 2021 as a safety. So... I'm with Bobby. If, even if it was set at two and a half, I would be hesitant to say over on that. I don't think the, you know, I, I think it really helped that Patrick Graham played that too high system. So Xavier McKinney split the field in half, had to deal with half of the field. So therefore, if there's a guy like Derek Carr, who's looking to a part of the sideline, McKinney's able to break on that ball and make a nice interception. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of those plays from McKinney this year uh, that we kind of did see somewhat on a routine basis. two good corners, too. And what what was that? I said, and you had two good corners last year, too. Yes, and the Giants can't rely on that. So it's going to be a little tough for Xavier McKinney to get some interceptions, I feel. All right, let's finish it off. Let's keep this under an hour, and let's talk about corners. Team defensive passing yards. I put it at 4,165, which is 245 yards per game. How I got to this number. Last year, the Ravens were ranked 32nd with uh, a little over 4,700. Giants were ranked 15th with a little over 3,800. 
I kind of split, I split the ranking in half between 50, 15 and 32nd. The 24th team in passing D last year had 4165. Um, I'm going over. Uh, the corners scare the crap out of me. I think the Giants are going to get thrown the, the ball thrown them on a lot. And even they're playing a lot of bad teams. So the Giants could win some games, but, uh, teams are going to be, you know, they might be leading by three points, but teams are going to be throwing the ball. So I, I am going over. And they're going to see, I mean, teams are going to come in. T- if we were doing a podcast, you know, and it's Friday preview versus the Giants, we talk about, hey, this is a game where our wide receivers can really eat and we could spread the ball yeah. around. And it's also, do you want to throw the ball against a, a secondary that could have Aaron Robinson, uh, Darnay Holmes, who isn't good in man coverage, Cordell Flott? And um, Rodarius Williams, or do you want to run the ball against uh, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Blake Martinez, and some really good edge rushers? I mean, that that's that's one of those things, too. I think the Giants' rush defense is going to be really good this year. Uh, Wink Martindale uh, has had some really, really good run defenses in the past. But in 2021, it was the past defense that was bad that allowed a lot of explosive plays. I'm hoping the Giants aren't allowing a ton of explosive plays because of the the bad schedule that they face. Um, and, I'm, and I also hope that Wink Martindale adjusts, but I am picking the over here because I think that teams, they're going to want to throw the ball. And I think they are going to be hesitant to run the ball because I think the Giants run defense is going to be solid this year. If the Giants get the under on this, which I'm not predicting, they'll make the playoffs. Danny, over under. Wow. <sighs> it's another agreement, guys. I don't like the secondary, oh, and I man. think and I think they're going to be picked apart. I know for some reason I get the vibe. First game of the year, they're going to lock down Tennessee, and everyone's going to be like, oh, the NYPD no is back, question mark. It's going to be like, the NYPD is back like it never left. But then they're going to get uh, absolutely – they're just going to get torched. Uh, without If James Bradbury was still here, I would say under because I believe James Bradbury – because he makes the secondary better. This is a young secondary. Adoree's still here, but I don't think Adoree himself – can't help keep these offenses as a check in this past happy league so it's over unfortunately it's over but it's over so i'm gonna look how many did we all agree on one i hate that we two, agreed so much i like the conversations three, that came out of it four, but it's a little crazy that five, people don't know that we actually six, exchanged notes like all right let's all agree yeah we all looked at seven, the same document eight, eight out of 11 we all agree <laughs> so eight out of the 11 yeah, so we better be right. That's that's really what it comes down to. We have to be right. So we'll be back on Friday. Not exactly sure what we're doing for the episode. I think we're <laughs> going to save our mailbag for Tuesday. Maybe I'll try and pull an interview out of my ass. Um, oh, out of my hat. I smells. Don't know. Um, appreciate you guys, Danny King. Thanks for jumping on for your, the annual over unders. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you guys. Two weeks away from training camp. Appreciate oh, you guys. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, let's go big blue.